we have got mixed up with using the term entitlement. Now, there's some people that doesn't need to feel entitled. But there are people that need to be honored. And uh, <clears throat> a long time ago, even though when God called me to preach, called me to pastor, I didn't do that on my own accord. God called me. And so, you know, I just asked the church, do you want me to have a car that had three hubcaps, hubcaps on it and uh, uh, slick tires? And uh, putting along, <laughs> along, is that what you want as a pastor? Or did you want to honor your pastor? And uh, people stood to join together to show honor. And uh, I honor my daughter. And I... I honor my son-in-law. He's my pastor and she's my pastor. And I'll just have to tell you, I don't want them to feel entitled. They're not, they don't. But neither do I want them to be parked way on the other side and I say, hey, hey, that's my pastor walking across there. No. I want my, I want to feel like we honor them. Don't you feel like that it's more of a compliment when we're a, of us when they are honored. Now, I know they're willing to do whatever. I mean, Jeremy will walk a mile to get here just so that you don't think that he's entitled. He'll do that. But I don't know if that speaks well of me and you. I believe that we should honor our pastor. So why don't you stand right now and let's honor them. They're, they're worthy of it. Darling, you are worthy of it. Don't ever, we don't think you're entitled. We think y'all are worthy of it. Amen. It would have been a sad thing if I would have said, we're going to honor them today, and two people stood up. That ain't going to happen, is it? We've got honor in our hearts. And I want to thank you for loving each other. I want to thank you for loving your fellow brother and sister in Christ. We've got a great church, and it's a, it's a great growing church. What I would classify as a perfect church, and uh, I'm proud to be a leader of this congregation, and uh, it, it is an easy job for me and my wife. God knew what he was doing when he let us slow down because we should not keep up with what's going on around here. So we support this church. We support this ministry. 
and uh, and I'm happy to get preached to. I've been challenged. Has anybody been challenged? This ministry does feed us, and I'm proud of the expansion that's going on. And God told me that, Brother Jeremy. God told me that the money He's already given us the money. The only problem is it's in still in the people's pockets. Yeah, he's already given it to us. You just got it in your pocket. Amen. It is a, a great responsibility that it takes to minister to the people. And I don't take that lightly. And uh, I do give honor to my wife and to my children and to my grandchildren. And uh, we do work as a team. And uh, so it is a responsibility of mine to do what I can do. The position that God has allowed me to serve in, it's my responsibility, and this is the last day of 2023. Tomorrow is going to be at midnight. It's going to be 2024. And God has been great to us in 2023. God has been great to you in 2023. But we've got more to do. And we're going to walk into, we're going to run into 2024. We will not stumble into. We're going to go into with great victory. And the enemy better watch out because we're much stronger and we're not going to take a back seat to anything or anybody. We are God called. Always remember that you are the church. It's not this building. You are the church. And if God's going to build a church, he's going to have to build you in your lives. And so if you'll let God build your lives, then God will bless you abundantly. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it simply says that seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what else? All of these and his righteousness and all of this other thing will be added unto you. I wonder how big that all is. What is that all that God's going to do for you? All of this. All of these things. I wonder how big that all is going to be in your life. It's going to be big, Brother Richard. He's not planning on being the same today or to, uh, next year at the end of the year as he is finishing up this year. And he's going to continually get better. Amen. All right. So today it's going to be a little bit unusual. We're going to have a good time at the very end. But at the beginning, it's going to be a serious message. And I just ask God that God would anoint my mind, anoint my heart, and help me to deliver unto the people 
God, what you want said and what you want them to hear. I humble myself before you, God, and I thank you for the things that you have allowed me to be able to do, but I couldn't do it without you. And I ask all of this in the name of Jesus, and everybody say amen. amen. Don't ever miss a chance to say amen. amen. Amen means to let it be so, let it be established in my life. So don't miss a chance of speaking amen so everybody can hear you. In other words, I want you to be rich all this year. Yeah, hallelujah. Didn't take much there, did it? I want you to have a happy marriage. I want you to have a wonderful family. Amen. Glory. Well, we got that behind us. All right, I'm going today to give you a biblical understanding of the world crisis that we're facing today. When you turn on the television, you're going to hear this year as this next year as you have heard since October the 7th. You're going to hear about a war that we are facing. A war that is happening right before our eyes. And uh, to understand why we're in this war, I'm going to give you a biblical understanding. And then I'm going to let you know where this ministry stands in this war. There's going to be a their understanding of the physical things that are happening in our world. But it's also going to give a spiritual understanding of how we will be involved in this war. But we need to have a clear understanding of Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Don't ever forget the promise of God that simply says, I will bless them that bless thee, talking about Israel, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. All families. We believe in this church that this ministry Build strong families. And then strong families helps build this church. And then once the families have become strong, then we as a church, we really build healthy families. That's our goal. But to do that, we have to honor the promise of God about Israel. Now, Israel is just a very small place, nation, on the map. And I'm going to ask her to put that map up. So from the north all the way down to the south. And then you see from the east all the way to the west. 
and all around them is lots of people that hate this nation. But God loves Israel. And so why I need to bring the attention of Israel for all of you that are new coming to church and you really didn't come from a, a biblical church, I'm going to give you the understanding of the Word of God. So why do we look at Israel? Why is it so important? Well, number one, this Bible right here is written about Israel. And then God gave us a Savior called Jesus Christ who was born in Israel, who died in Israel, who was buried in Israel, and rose again in Israel. And the Lord is coming back to Israel. And we as a church, we do not back up one bit. We support Israel. Amen. That's worth standing up for. We support Israel. Now how it all began was in chapter Genesis chapter 12 verse 7. There was a promise that God made to Abram. And he said, unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. He promised and gave him this land. Not anybody else gave it to him, to them. It gave this land unto Abram. Now Abram uh, was told by God that he would have a son. And his wife was barren. And so in their conversation, it was no doubt difficult. Now you can tell me if it was difficult or not. Sarah told because she could not bear a child, told her husband, Abram, what God meant is for you to go and sleep with our slave and bear a son. Now, I know that was hard for him, and I'm sure she had to twist his arm. But the truth of the matter, he fell into that disobedience of God's plan. And they had a son by the name of Ishmael. Ishmael is where descendants are Arabs. And so in Genesis chapter 17, verse 19, God reiterated. And I know that Nikki is my, my niece. And uh, she does a great job. Only her can stay up with me. Because I never know what I'm going to say or what scripture is going to come to me. And she's got to really stay on her toes. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. Now he was already up in years 
and he didn't feel like he could have a child. But God told him and said, you're going to have a son. And he was talking about a different son that he already had of Ishmael. The promised son that was going to be called Isaac. And Isaac's descendants are the Israelites. And so that was a covenant that God made with Abram after his name was changed to Abraham and from Sarai to Sarah. And so there they did bear a son, but God, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, God recognized only one son. It says, and it came, uh, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... And he said, Behold, here I am. Next verse. He said, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. Take him to the top of the mountain and sacrifice him. Wondering if he was willing to do everything that God instructed him to do. Now that's where we fall in is that God wants to know, are you willing to do everything that he asked you to do? That is the greatest sinner's prayer that's in the Bible. It's not, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross and shed your blood. That is a prayer that we do pray, and it's a good prayer. But that, script, that prayer is not in the Bible like that. But the greatest prayer that you can pray is like when Paul was knocked to the ground and he looked up and said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. And then he looked up and he said, What will you have me to do? I'm going to tell you, when you're willing to do everything that God asks you to do, then you're going to have a strong relationship with the God of glory. But if you're going to give him half your heart and do half the things, then your, your relationship with him is going to be diminished. God's a very specific God. And he loves Israel. So as we put another picture up there, we're going to look out over the city of Israel. What a beautiful city. And... Uh, there is, that's where God's people live. And you see them praying against the wall there. And uh, I pray that the revelation of all that God has for these people, that it would be, it would be revealed unto them. Not just to one, not just to two, but to everyone. And so it is important that you understand the importance that God places upon Israel and not understand what God expects us to be as God's people. We are grafted in to be a Jew. And when we get saved, we get grafted in and we are the children of Abraham. Abraham. 
And I thank God that we are God's people. <laughs> Amen. How many glad to be God's people? Amen. So the next picture, again, I honor this. This is the flag of Israel. When you see this flag, wherever you see it, you show great respect and you pray for Israel. Every time you get an opportunity to bless Israel, you bless them. This church made a conscious decision to start blessing Israel financially. And you want to know why God's blessings has fallen on us and pastors getting up here and saying, the bank ain't going to get one penny over this, this new addition. Why? Because God is blessing those that bless Israel. You believe that? Amen. October the 7th, October the 7th, <clears throat> Hamas, a terrorist group, broke the security gate and entered in Israel by motorcycles, by jeeps, by air gliders, and they brutally murdered Babies, they brutally murdered people. And not just shooting them, but burning babies, cutting their heads off, raping women, and, and portraying their bodies through the streets. Little children have lost their parents. One story, and I'm sure you've already heard, heard it, but I don't have to tell you again, but I will. Two little twin babies were in a home with their parents. And on October the 7th, this terrorist group begin to come into their home. And the parents knew that they were coming. And all, the, all of the firing of guns alarmed and alerted the parents and they took them two, two twins and put them in a secure place in the house. And they went out fighting to protect their children and their home, and they were brutally killed. And now those two children are orphaned. They don't have their parents. For the rest of their life, they're going to grow up. And I'm sure that there's going to be questions of why, why, as we have questions as why. This is a holy war. This is a war. You can put this up. 
My title. This is a world, this is a war that's worth fighting. Hamas, in 1987, they organized as a terrorist group. And uh, when they organized, I want you to put the charter up there of Hamas. In 1988, they began to create a charter. Kind of like ordinances. It's kind of like rules and and. Uh, a mission statement. And in this article, they, they explain what they want to do. And it says here, Israel will exist and continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it just as it obliterated others before it. They're out to kill all the Jews. They're out to destroy them. And nothing's going to stand in their way. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if it's their own people. They will kill their own people to try to kill the Jews. They're evil. Pure evil. It's 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 terrible. It's disgusting. Makes me angry. Not angry just, but indignation of how people can be against God's people. And so we see that there is pure evil being represented in the Middle East. And... uh, The charter wants to destroy all of Israel. But God's got a plan. God's going to take care of Israel one way or another. And so now I want you to put the video up. This is the prime minister standing in front of the whole world declaring war against evil. You're not going to destroy us. We're going to destroy you because we are declaring war not against people but against evil. We declare war against evil. In Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says that be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That's where God's calling us to be in this war. Now God expects us in the spirit realm to fight against evil. In fact, put up the next video. I stood in front of the American flag 
and in front of the Israel flag as the prime minister of this church in this city, declaring war over the evilness of this world that has taken people hostage. Thank God somebody come to rescue you. And no longer are you in bondage or as a hostage, but God has set you free. And God's going to deliver, and we're going to go into this city, and we're going to take back the hostages of evil. Put a picture of the hostages. These people were taken into tunnels, and we don't know how many are alive, and we don't know how many are dead. But every one of these has a face. And every one of these people are worth living. Every one of these people is worth fighting. And I'm going to tell you where I differ. Some says we need to have a ceasefire before so that we can let some of those people be released. I'm going to tell you, if you don't let them go, we're coming to get them. This next year, we are in a holy world, a war against the evilness of this city. The enemy is overtaking people in our city. And there's so much evil in this city. But I stand before this city today and tell the enemy, we're coming after you. And we will destroy evil with good. Brother Rodney Driver, Brother Jeremy's father, I heard this story about from him before, I've never heard it before. A man walking along the seashore in the sand and there were thousands of starfishes that have washed up on the shore. And he was walking down miles and there were thousands of these starfish. And he would pick one up, look at it, throw it back into the sea. Walk a little further, grab another one, throw it in the sea. Man coming along, meeting him, say, what are you doing? He said, I'm taking these starfish and I'm throwing them back in the sea. He said, man, look at all those starfish." You can't make a difference in this. What are you doing? He said, I might not could make a difference in everyone, but I can make a difference in this one. This church has made a difference in you. This ministry has fought the devil with you. And we 
have had the glory of the Lord resting in this place. And some of you would probably not be alive today if it had not been for somebody coming to rescue you. And today, you can stand with freedom and know that you have the righteousness of God dwelling inside of you, living with inside of you, and walking with you. Amen. So where do we... Where do we come in? And how are we? Now, it's going to get fun here in a minute. You all stay with me. If you leave, that's okay. Don't come back. Because we're going to have something interesting at the very end. But I feel like that God put in my spirit several months ago that I just could not wait to tell the church what 2024 is going to do for us. We live in this world. We're not of this world, but we are in this world. And I'm going to tell you, there's things that's worth fighting for. This city, God called us to this city because God knew that this city was worth fighting for. My father brought me into this city in 1963 for one purpose. And that was God called us this this city. The city is not just territory, but it's people. But the enemy, like the terrorists, they're fighting over territory. And God wants that territory. And the enemy is after your territory. He wants your family. He wants your job. He wants everything that God has blessed you with. He wants that territory. And in Mark chapter 5, when the man of the Gadarenes that was in the when Jesus came in off of that boat and there was that man cutting himself, screaming and hollering and the devil had taken over his life, his low self-esteem by cutting himself. Everybody tried to bind him up, chain him up. What happened to you? Some of you been in jail. Mm -hmm. They tried to control you. They tried. If you don't control yourself and let God Get a hold of your life. Somebody's going to try to control you. Is that not right, Jason? I've been there, done that. Might be ashamed about it, but hey, let me tell you, to God be the glory that he can take a man like that, bring him from the evil state of living, and set him on the straight and narrow road, and watch over his life, and God... Saved him, healed him, delivered him, raised him up from the dead. That's God's plan. I have to teach this. The reason why I have to teach this is because there are people, young people, that are siding 
with the evilness against Israel. And they're using this word. Uh, they're occupiers. In other words, they, are, they have done us wrong because they are occupiers. And so we're going we're gonna to take back over the land that the Israelites are occupying. But the truth of the matter is, God gave that land to them. And when God gave them that land, it does not belong to Ishmael. It belongs to Isaac, God's people. And so don't get caught up, young people. The reason why I wanted you in here is because don't get caught up siding with someone that's siding against God. That land was given to the descendants and he iterated it over and over and over again about how that this land is not only given to you but it's given to your descendants. And so from Abraham it went to Isaac. And now the people that are Israelites that's dwelling in that land, it's their land. And they're not occupiers of something that is not theirs. And what Hamas is trying to do is to kill everybody that they think that don't belong in that land. And they're blaming Israel. All right. How important is this? It's very important. Listen to me good. Listen to me good. Ezekiel chapter 38. I believe that this war could be in chapter 38. I believe that it's not been fulfilled all the way, but partly it has. The Bible talks about, in Ezekiel chapter 33, about how that the war would be coming in from the north. And we see that this war is coming in from the south. And they're trying to get the war coming in from the north. And so the things that are taking place over there could be revealing to us that the end is near. So if you are still in evil, I'm calling you out of evil into good, into truth. There's no time to play around with God because we, between Ezekiel 38 and 39, scholars says that the church is going to be taken out. Between 38 and 39. Another place in 38 it says that everybody would be against Israel. So 
That's not, that's not where it is yet. I thank God that the United States have said we stand with Israel. But I'm not so sure that the United States is not getting weak and beginning to say, you're a little too strong. You're doing too much. I don't know if we can support you if you don't cease fire and if you don't do this, you don't do that. I'm telling you that we're with you now but I'm not so sure they're getting weak. I'm going to tell you about this ministry. We're not going to give the devil a chance to regroup on you. We're going to stand with you. We're going to fight the enemy with you. We're going to protect you. And we will not cease fire in our praying, in our fasting, in our worship, in our teaching, in our preaching. We will not back up. We're going to stand with you. And we're not going to give the enemy because we let down another chance to get a hold of you and regroup to get you or your family. So let's turn this around from the natural to the spirit. See, in the Bible, it talks about how Jesus opened the blinded eye. In the Bible, it talks about he opened up the deaf ears. It talks about how that he healed the dysfunctions of people. And then we say today, why isn't that happening today? It is. In a spiritual realm. God walked into this place and healed your blinded eyes. You was caught up in religion. You did not see the truth. You did not see the way we worship. We, you did not see the way God asked us to worship. You were blinded. But thank God do I have a witness in the house. God opened my eyes. And it was a miracle. You could not even hear the word. And let it do something to you. You was caught up in religion. As I spoke with Richard, he said, I knew when to stand. I knew when to kneel. I knew how to do the praying. I knew how to quote the prayers. I was raised in a church that I knew everything except Building a relationship with God by reading the Word of God. But one day, <laughs> Brother Richard, God opened your eyes. And now he loves this Word. So when Brother, when Brother Jeremy gets up in here and says, You need to take this Word and you need to read it, he's not talking to you. Because you've already got it. You're already doing it. And so I'm going to tell you, I thank God for everybody that's getting up and using this word to give you direction in your life. And me too. Me too. I like to. I don't like to. Like 
Amen. Uh-huh. I told him to cut that clock off. Now listen, you can walk out on me. It's okay. I'm not going to quit until I get ready to quit. God did not give this message to me for you not to hear it. Now we're going to focus it in on our job for 2024. Here's our job. God wants us to build a church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Acts chapter 2, verse 47, maybe, or 48, he said in Acts how the Holy Ghost came and it filled all them. In fact, if you go to Acts 2 and start with 38, and if you can stay up with me, I'll just go word by word in the King James Version. You ready? And here's what happened, that God got ready to build a church, and the, the disciples, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, when people said unto them, what shall we do? We already knew what Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood at Calvary, and he rose again so that we could have this great salvation. And then when the men and women said, what shall we do in the close of verse 37? Then Peter stood up and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and say, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Three thousand souls. We baptized over 80 people in the name of Jesus in 2023. We will continue to baptize people, giving them a fresh start. We're not an ordinary church. I tell you, we ain't. Now, I know... That might, that might not be good English, but it is here in East Texas. Ain't, ain't, ain't. We ain't a normal church. I'm going to tell you, some of you probably walked in here for the first time. You remember that? And you say, my God, what in these people, what in the world? People are clapping their hands, raising their hands, lifting their voices, praising God. And oh, my God, I will never do that. But yet you are today. And if you don't know it today, you will. It's coming. It's coming. This is the way I fight my battle. This is how I defeat the enemy. I lift my voice. If you mess with me, I'll get down there with you. (laughs) 
Get down there and walk. You go to sleep on me, I'm coming to tap you on the nose. <laughs> We're not an ordinary church. You just look around and ask anybody, anybody that has church on Wednesday night this day and time will have 300 in their church on Wednesday night. Nope. Churches are dying. Not this one. Because we ain't an ordinary church. I'm going to tell you, as long as we the pastors and ministers of this church, we are going to continue to teach praise and worship. Psalms 47 verse 1. It says, clap your hands, all you people, and shout. Come on, shout. Shout with a voice of triumph. Psalms 134 verse 2 says lift your hands in the sanctuary. This is not a denominational thing. This is not a religious thing. This is a Bible thing. Lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Some of you hadn't got here yet. But I hope before you leave this place today you will get there. Man, when you get a hallelujah in here, when you get a thank you Jesus in here, and it's so built up in here, and it comes out here, it's not just a little hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, get a hold of it like I, ha, hallelujah. Come on, clap your head. Shout. If you don't know what to say, say thank you, Jesus. Say I love you, Jesus. Say hallelujah. Say I worship you, mighty God. Well, I'm bad. <laughs> oh, brother, I don't care. Be bad. Be bad. You can be Pentecostal. But hear me here. Watch this now. Abraham had a son by the name of Ishmael. The same daddy had a child by the name of Isaac. What made the difference was the mother. We as a church, we're the bride. We're the mother. We're married to Jesus Christ. So it does matter what mother you come from. And I'm going to tell you, I feel like this house is the right house that is forbearing children because we will do things that God gives us to do. So Psalms 100 verse 1. Here's what God says. Uh-huh. 
If you are too sophisticated, then we'll pull out the old slanted pews that we used to have when I was pastoring. I mean, a one before, a one before, and 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 that was our pews. And man, we had revival. I'm telling you, we had revival. Dear sister would stand up, and when she did, she'd worship God. Everybody else would be kind of still. She'd sit down, and then that slap would pinch her, and, she, ah! and the whole church would go wild. I'm going to put some spiritual tax in your pews. I tell people when they first get here, I tell them I put gorilla glue, spiritual gorilla glue in where you're sitting. In other words, what that means is it will let you come and sit on a pew and it's that spiritual gorilla glue and it'll let you go home on Sunday evening, but it pulls you right back on Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night. Yep. You've been wondering why you keep coming back. Spiritual gorilla goose got you. Amen. All right. I'm going to try to slow down. Come to an end. Is that God calling? That's someone in jail trying to reach me. That means we got to go get him. We got to go get him. We don't ever want to put anybody in jail, and we don't ever want to criticize somebody that the enemy has got a hold of and got them in jail. What we want to do is we want to go in there, and we want to get them, and we want to make them disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank God somebody come after you. You're not in this house to be condemned. You're here to grow. You're here to, for God to take over your life. All right. So God's calling us for this year to build your life all around the church. Don't build your life over everything else. You put God first. You put Acts 2 Verse, chapter 2, and I was going to go to verse 47. Okay, well, truth of the matter is, it's probably got a, probably got a answer that phone and just, or call one of them, or I'm not worried about that. Probably somebody spoke in a room. But anyway... In the name of Jesus. Anytime that you start moving closer to God, the enemy is going to come in. This thing is not for weak people. You better gird your loins up. and You better get ready to fight. Amen. Now, there's a reason why. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says to... Put on the whole armor of God. 
What that means is, yes, there's a war. And he wants you armored up. You better get salvation, the helmet of salvation. You better know that you're saved. You better know where you're going. Don't just think you know, but you better learn to know. And then you put that breastplate of righteousness on. In other words, you get in right standing with God. Don't you half-hearted do it. You get the breastplate of righteousness. And then you put, you shod your shoes and feet with the preparation of the gospel. In other words, as Bryce said, Ear, thumb, toe. We're going to turn this city right side up. And the way we, listen, the way we turn this city right side up is that we build a church. Because I'm going to tell you, when we build a church and we add to the church and we build this church, it's going to change this city. They're going to know that this city, is this church is in this city. Because we make a difference everywhere we go. So I'm going to give you instructions. I want you to be troops on the ground. And you go among the city, Gaza. And you get in there. And you rescue, rescue the hostages. That's God's God in bondage. You give them a card. You tell them I'm not the same man as I used to be. I might not be where I I need to be, but I am so much further than I used to be. And I'm on my way. Because God is making a difference in my life. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. You look them in the eye and say, yes, I've gone to the water. And yes, I have repented in my heart. And yes, I have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes, I have. Don't be ashamed. God mended my marriage. God healed my heart. God raised me from the dead. God changed my life. I'm not the same man. I'm not addicted anymore. I don't get drunk anymore. I don't live that old way that I used to live. Because of Calvary, God's changed my life. Looks like I got a witness in the house. Get them them t-shirts ready because I've been torn up from the floor up. But I'm not on the floor any longer. I'm standing for Jesus. Now listen, I haven't been able to give you everything I wanted to give you. Sit down. I haven't been able to give you everything that I wanted to give you because I because I've already been going an hour. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're fixing to have fun. God, God does some weird stuff. I just have to tell you, he does some weird stuff. When he gets ready to, to win a city, he has done some weird stuff. One of the weird things he did was the walls of Jericho. In other words, shut your mouth. Don't you say anything. 
You're going to walk around these walls, and I'm going to tell you, keep your mouth shut. Keep your family's mouth shut. Now, that'd be hard for men to do today because they're not in their right position. I will tell you, ladies, you better learn to follow that man if that man's following Christ. Don't you make that, don't you make that man follow you. And late men, don't you let that lady lead you. Don't let them come, your kids come and say, Daddy, are you going to church today? Daddy, are you going to get up? Don't you do that. You get up and make it a rule. You make it something. You think my daughter is wondering if I was going to be here today? You think my daughter ever wondered if daddy was going to church? It was just, yes, we're going to church. And I'm going to tell you, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So he says, so he says, shut your mouth. We're going to walk around these walls. Six days, one time, for six days. I don't feel like it. Yeah, you do. I don't want to today. Yes, you do. Because the priest would said, uh-uh, get up. Get up. We're walking today. And this priest is going to tell every daddy, it's your responsibility to get every that all your family, and we're going to march today. I thank God for every man, every man standing in the house. I thank God for every man that's leading their family to build a church. Look how many men we got here. You may be seated. And then he said, we're going to march. One time on the first day, one time on the second day. What for? God does weird stuff. But on the seventh day, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk around seven times on this one day. And then when everybody gets around on the seventh time, the priest is going to take their trumpet and they're going to blow it. And when you hear that trumpet blowed, you shout. You shout with victory. And I looked up things that they said. And it's not real clear of exactly what they said. But there's a little song that we sing. I'm going to shout his name on the mountaintop. I'm going to shout his name in darkness. I'm going to shout his name. And so when that trumpet sounds... I guess we would shout, Jesus! Let me try it. Jesus! There you go. Y'all getting it? All right. That's kind of, that was kind of weird. Now, why did God choose that way? Why didn't he just snap his finger and say, walls come down? He could have, but he chose for something weird to happen. All right, guys, I'm ready for you to. Now listen, do what I tell you to do. You take a balloon, don't you blow it up until I tell you to blow it up. Don't you let one of your kids blow that thing and I hear pop. You make sure 
that we have order. But everybody get your balloon. Everybody. Everybody. Not one person. God wants unity. And when we come together, when we come together, what's going to happen, we're going to see 2024, God to get up and show out for you and for your territory. When you go in to your job where you work, you claim your territory. This is the place, God, you put me in to work. I'm claiming this business for the kingdom of God. When you go sail in somebody's house, you don't have to go in there and say, Hey, everybody. You just walk into that house and say, God, wherever I put my feet, you said you're just going to give it to me. I'm claiming this, this, this home for the glory of God. All right, stretch your balloon out a little bit. All right. Everybody got a phone? You got a phone? Cut the lights down out there, please. You got a phone? This is the way we'd do it in 2024. Now, back in that day, Gideon, Gideon in Judges chapter 7, verse 20, he told everybody, 300. Here's what you do. You get you a lamp or a torch. You put a lamp over it. And you get that in your left hand. You get a trumpet in your right hand. And when you hear me blow, you blow. Then you break that pitcher, wave that torch, and you'll never fire a shot. But I'm going to tell you what the Midianite stole from you. You're going to go back in there and get it. We're fixing to go in and get it. What the enemy has stolen from you and what the enemy has stolen from this church, we're going in there to get it from the Midianites. And here's how we're going to do it in 2023. No, we're not there yet. This is how we're going to go into 2024. All right, you ready? If you got your phone, know where your light is. Know where your light is. Know how to turn your light on. Go ahead and turn it on and hide it. Go ahead and turn it on and hide it. Don't shine it, hide it. And we're going to take these balloons. And when I tell you, I want you to blow in those balloons. And here's what I want you to blow. I want you to blow your testimony in that balloon. If God raised you up from the dead, I want you to say, my testimony is that God raised me from the dead. And everybody that is dead, God's going to raise you from the dead. You blow your testimony in it. God saved my marriage. And everybody in this city, that marriage is on the rocks. Because of my testimony, I'm putting it out in this balloon. God healed me and my heart. God gave me a new start. 
You raise, you blow that testimony in that balloon. You get that balloon tight enough because what we're going to do is we're going to start popping those balloons. And when we do, we're going to let that testimony go out into this city. The enemy is going to know that we are ready for battle. And we're going spiritually into this city and we're going to take back God's land, God's people. And then when you bust that balloon, you wave that iPhone, cell phone. You don't have a torch. We're in 2023. You stand and wave that phone and let that light shine. And then I want you to shh. Now, who in the world did that? <laughs> Nobody would admit that, I can guarantee you now. <laughs> One thing you got to learn, you got to get in order. Uh-uh, we don't let the pew run the pulpit. When we speak, you pay attention. We just study all this and get this all in our hearts to let you pay no attention to us. What you talking about? Let's get it right. Then, that was a misfire, okay. <laughs> then, you're going to shout Jesus and you're just going to let it ring. I mean, don't just go, Jesus. Jesus! Just let it ring. And the name of Jesus is going to go through this city. And in 2024, this church, this ministry, is going to change this city. They're going to know that we're in this city. They may not like it, but they're going to know we're here. Are y'all ready? Get that, get that balloon up to your lips. Take a deep breath. I've been an addict. Started coming to church. Blow in it. God's delivered me. Man, my balloon is getting big because I've got so many things that he has done for me. Blow it to where it's tight. Blow it to where it's tight. That's okay. That's okay. You can blow it until it blows up. That's it. It's one shot at a time. Hear that? Devil, do you hear that? Can't you imagine when the Gaza starts hearing Come on. get If you busted your balloon, get your light on. Here we go. Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. This world, this war is worth fighting for. This war is worth you fighting for. We're fired up. 
We're ready. Is everybody ready? 2024, here we come. If you was too good to blow up your balloon, You go get on. You go ahead and get on the other side, and you see how good that is. I'd rather be on God's side than any other side. The Bible says this, and I'm going to close. I've been going an hour and thirteen minutes, but God says this: You need to be for me and not against me. He's before me and not against me. So I, it says by the foolishness of preaching that will save souls. Foolishness of preaching. This might seem very foolish to you, but I didn't do this because I wanted it. God put this in my spirit. I'm fixing to quit. I'm fixing to walk down. But when I walk down, I want to make sure you heard this sermon. Let me hear another shout. All right, come on, church. Let's give him a great praise. Come on, come on. Are you excited for what God's going to do in 2024? I'm excited for what he's going to do. Hey, and how many's excited for what he's already done in 2023? Let's give some praise for what he did for us last year. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. It's going to be exciting. You better hang on. Look at somebody say, fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a fast ride. going to be a bumpy ride. Going to be some big waves. We on the wave right now. We riding the wave. Listen, that's a powerful word. And I will tell you what. There's been some sermons that I've preached. There's been some sermons that you've been a part of in other times of your life. This will be a sermon that you will remember the rest of your life. Because how many in here, raise a hand, you've ever been a part of a, a mass balloon popping in a sermon? If, raise your hand. All right. This was the first time. You will remember this the rest of your life. The children of Israel had some experiences that they remember for the rest of their life. We are still speaking about how there was dry land made across the Red Sea and a massive miracle happened. We're still talking about those things that were memorable. This was memorable. You will always remember popping a balloon and waving your cell phone and saying, this is my testimony. This is what I will share. This is what God's going to do. And just be glad that you got to be a part of that today. So one day when you're talking about to your grandkids or your kids, you're saying, hey, I remember going to church in the old sanctuary and it was kind of small. It felt big to us, but it got packed in there. We had about 350 people. It blossomed into 400, 500. We knocked out walls. We had crammed 600 people in there and now we're in this new sanctuary. But you don't know that. You ain't hearing me though because you weren't there. I remember the old days. I remember the Jericho walls falling. I remember walking across the Red Sea. And I remember blowing up a balloon and popping a balloon 
and waving a cell phone. And I remember the excitement of going into 2024. Listen, it's memorable. And you will remember this. And God is doing great things. I'm just be excited. Be anticipating. Be saying, Lord Jesus, where's the next blessing? God, where's the next blessing? I know it's coming. I know it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's exciting. Let's go out of this right now with a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you anoint this mighty, powerful group of people. We are your body doing your work. We vow that we will do the hard things. We will pray the hard prayers. We will fast. We will seek after you. We will volunteer. We will work. We will show up early. We will stay up late. We will open doors. We will lock doors. We will pray that your will be done. And we will pray that we will hate the things that you hate and love the things that you love. And we will speak these things over our families. We will speak these things over our city, our county, our surrounding area. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we claim back territory that the devil has stolen in the name of Jesus we claim back the territory we claim back the land we claim back the marriage the child in the name of Jesus it's powerful they're gonna play a song right now and if you feel like you need to have someone pray for you you can make your way to the front we will lay hands on you we will pray a prayer of faith but if you are going to walk out of this place today and you don't need prayer, as you walk out, just wave your hand in victories. Do a fist pump. Pump your arm. Do whatever you want to do. Give somebody a high five out in the foyer and say, 2024 is a powerful year. It's going to be my best year ever. And I'm going to do great and mighty and powerful things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, everybody hold up a strength sign. Come on, let's flex it. Come on, ladies. Let's flex, yeah. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer, make your way up here. If it's your first time here at Covenant Church, I'd love to meet you right over here and just say hi and get to know you a little bit better. We love you. We're excited. Be here tonight at 6 o'clock. Is that what time it starts? 6? Six? 6 o'clock. Uh, War of the Ages or whatever it's called. Battle of the Ages. Hey, it's a war worth fighting. <laughs>